We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to give a quick shout out to our partner, Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day, and I started to give them a try because I realized that in order to be the real champion of my life, I have to take care of my body. It's an absolute non-negotiable. So I was looking for a comprehensive supplement that I could take daily as a way to increase my overall health and good habits. Because I've realized that one small thing every day is the quickest way that I can create lasting change in my life. And I think about it like this. My choices and my actions matter. So I think of taking AG1 as a choice that is a vote for the person that I want to become. Someone who's balanced, vibrant, healthy, and full of energy. And that's why I love AG1. It tastes so great and it gives me everything that I need to feel my best. So if all-in-one comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go over to athleticgreens.com slash coachable. That's athleticgreens.com slash coachable today. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, and this is your place to unlock your inner champion and start to build uncommon success by creating a life that feels as good as it looks. I feel so freaking blessed to be in this studio today here in Las Vegas, live recording with my good, beautiful friend, Jen Gottlieb, who has traveled all the way from New York City to be here. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to to the show. And thank you for being the first guest in studio with us. I am so honored. I didn't know I was going to be the first one. And this is gorgeous. This is exciting. I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful that I get to be the first one. Let's make this conversation the best one. Um, I have no doubt that it will be. <laughs> you already got the memo or totally on brand for this conversation. And she had no idea. This is she's just tapped in, and that's why I love Jen. She and I got to meet twenty twenty one. I think it was the first time I met you in person, and you were so captivating. I mean, I it was at a conference that you and I were you were speaking at, and you were the final speaker of the day, and I think you were the only female speaker of the day as well. And I was like, 
I got to stick around and listen to this girl and see what she's about. And I remember thinking, I'm so glad I did because you spoke to my heart. You spoke to my mind. You spoke to my emotions. You made me want to get up and start like running. (laughs) And you gave me energy and you gave me something to like really get excited about and to feel like when I heard you and when I watched you speak, I was like, she makes me believe in myself. She makes me think I can do the things I want to do. And that's what this show is about. That's what you empower people to, to go out and actually to activate them in living out their dreams. And so I can't think of a better person to be in studio with me to start this all off because in some ways, even back then, you were activating a deeper belief in myself that something like this is possible. This is amazing, first of all, that you're telling me that because whenever I speak, I always set an intention before I speak. And usually I'll pick one like person in my mind that I'm talking to. It just helps me get over my nerves instead of thinking I'm talking to the hundred people that are in the room or the 500 or the thousand. I'm thinking, okay, I'm talking to one person and I'll like think about that person and what I want that person to feel like when they leave. And I remember that event. It's the red dress event, right? Yep. We, so whenever we make content with my team, I'm like, it's the red dress, it's the blue dress. It's the, <laughs> this was the red dress. And I remember thinking, I'm talking to that one woman out there and I want to inspire her to go be seen. I want her to get up and leave. And I want her to say to herself, I'm going to go do this now. There's nothing stopping me. And I didn't know I was, who I was talking to. In my mind, it was just this one girl that I envisioned. And then I remember you came up to me and we talked after. And then I had that moment. I have goosebumps right now thinking about it. I could actually get emotional because I was like, oh my gosh, I fulfilled my intention. That was, that was what it was for. And the fact that we're sitting here right now and you're, look at what you've done. And I'm not saying it was because you heard me speak and then you came and you did this. No, not at all. But like, it, it's all of the dots that connect, you know? And because, because I did my thing to get myself on that stage and made myself visible and like push through my limiting beliefs, then maybe I did one tiny little bit of inspiration for you to help kickstart one piece of action that then eventually got you here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think about where I was a year ago. I was just landing in Vegas. And I remember one of my mentors who records in this studio invited me down to, you know him, David Meltzer, uh, to sit in uh, on some of the shows he was recording. And it was a reference point day for me, just like watching you. It was like, oh, that can give me, and that gives me a reference point, an idea of what's possible. And it was that day that I was like, I am going to have this intention and I'm going to hold this vision that one day I'm going to be recording this. I love it. And this, this just makes me think of such an important conversation, which is the conversation of like comparison and FOMO and jealousy. And um, one of my mentors is Gabby Bernstein. I, I look at her and I'm like, oh my, and I know you've interviewed Gabby. Yep. Gabby's writing the forward for my book, actually. That amazing and crazy. But thinking about the fact that many of us spend a lot of time like scrolling the internet and comparing ourselves to other people and what they have going on, or maybe coming to something like this and seeing your mentor doing a show. And you can go down two different routes with that. You can either be like, oh man, I could never get that far. Like I'm so jealous of this person. And then like compare yourself and like, I'm not good enough. I'm not far enough along and feel bad about yourself for it, which I've done before in the past. Or you can use that person as an anchor and as inspiration and almost like they're paving the yellow brick road for you. And the universe has put that person in front of you and that experience in front of you to show you what, A, what you desire, B, what you're capable of doing. 
And I think that Dave has been that person for both of us in that way. And like, I remember having that moment here too. And like, look at what you've done. And then people like, you know, Gabby for me, I remember I saw her uh, speaking in New York City and I was just like, I had one part of me that was like, oh my gosh, I wish I could do this, but it's so big. And it's so like, I could never. And then another piece of me was like, no, this is just showing me what I want and what's possible. And if you can flip that FOMO or that comparison into gratitude and like, I'm so grateful this is showing me exactly where I want to be and exactly what I want and make it your path. You can flip all of that around and you create it out of that. Yeah. Well, for me, it was always when I saw someone who's doing something I admired or inspired me, or I thought, man, I wish I could fill in the blank. I wish I could be like that. I, instead of saying, I wish I could, I started saying, if they can, why can't I? Why not? Why can't I? Like they're showing me that it's actually possible. And so when I watched you and heard you speak that day, it reminded me of something that I want to talk to you about, which is confidence. Because you are someone who is very self-confident. I know you've had your journey with what that looks like. And we're all continuing on a path of self-esteem, a path of self-love, of learning how to feel good in our bodies, to feel good about using our voice and pursuing the things that we are really excited about. But I think about as children, you know, we learn how to be confident from the people around us because mom and dad are encouraging us along the way because they're telling us that we can do it. You know, I don't, when I think about being confident, it's because I learned and I had people encouraging me and supporting me when I didn't feel confident. They were like, actually, when you feel a little self-doubt, there's someone that's saying, hey, you've got this keep going. Like, I believe in you. And so, so often we borrow someone else's confidence mm-hmm. in us yes. and make it our own. And that's what you did a little bit for me that day. You, you, you speak into the hearts of people and you, you activate their own self-belief. Can you talk about your journey with self-confidence and what has that looked like? Because I know people watching this look at you now and, and think, wow, this girl has it all together. You know, she founder of Super Connector Media. She's been on Broadway. She's done all of these incredible things. I wish I could be like that. What do you say to people out there who are struggling with their self-confidence? Okay, so, well, I want to get into how self-confidence is actually built, but I could probably do that with my story yeah, because please. I was not always so confident. In fact, I was really lost for a really long time. And my story, this part of my story would probably stem back to, well, when I was, when I was an adolescent, when I was a teenager from about 15 years old to, oh my gosh, to young adulthood, I had a severe eating disorder and lots of bouts of depression and not, did not know who I was and found a lot of my worth and a lot of my value in the way that I looked because I didn't have trust within myself that I was good enough just as I was. And that came from a lot of different things parents getting divorced, all the childhood trauma that a lot of us have, or some of us have in all different types and forms and ways along, little T trauma, big T trauma, all of that. And it really kind of came to be when I was an actress. It really like came out and showed itself in a really big way. Because when you're an actress, which I was, I moved to New York City to do musical theater and television. And when you're doing that game, you are constantly getting rejected for the way that you look. 
And the game is you go into five, six rooms every single day and you stand in front of a camera and they tell you if you're good enough. Like you're good enough to get the part or you're not. And I was always like, please pick me, please pick me. Am I pretty enough? Am I tall enough? Am I blonde enough? Am I good enough? Am I talented enough? And most of the time it wasn't, am I talented enough? Most of the time it was really based on what you look like. So all of that rejection and all of that, me having to prove myself every single day, really based around like the way that I looked really got to me. And I, I totally lost myself. And I was very, very focused on the outside. And I stopped. And I ended up, um, I, I did a Broadway national tour, The Wedding Singer, the mm -hmm. Adam Sandler movie. And I traveled all around the country. And that was actually my dream role, that role. I really wanted to book that role. I manifested that role. I tell that story on stage. And when I got home from playing that part, I did feel very confident in my abilities to manifest and my abilities to create things, my ability to go and like crush it for something that didn't have anything to do with the way I looked really. Because Wedding Singer, I was singing, I was dancing. Like I was really, I felt really great about myself. But the crazy thing about confidence and about manifesting and about success and about growth is we can self-sabotage, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. right? Like for whoever's listening, I just want you to think about the last time that maybe you started meditating or working out or becoming really successful in your business. And then all of a sudden, for some crazy reason, you stop yourself and you bring yourself back down. So I did classic self-sabotage. I came back from the tour and I brought myself right back down to where I started before I went on that tour and had that amazing experience. And the next gig that I ended up getting was a TV show on VH1 all about heavy metal music. Now I was this actress auditioning and auditioning and auditioning, praying for a gig. So finally, oh my gosh, I get this gig, right? And I was all of a sudden the Vanna White of the heavy metal world. I don't like heavy metal music. <laughs> I still know nothing about heavy metal music. Right. But I was on this show for five years. And part of my job was to be this really sexy, hot, heavy metal girl that uh, that was just like the, you know, the, the hot chick that brought out my, my name on the show was Miss Box of Junk. That was my name, literally. It was like on my dressing room bank door was like Miss Box of Junk yeah. because I brought out like the box of stuff. And then the guys that won the prizes would like stick their hand in my box and pull out a prize. Mm -hmm. Legitimately what I did. But it was a job. And it turned into something that I had no idea it was going to turn into in a lot of good ways. I had five years on a TV show on cable. I got paid. I, I, had, I was a working actress. I got to go to LA and film at Universal Studios. And it was a big deal. But then on the flip side, I was building this brand and this version of myself that was a lie. And I became unbelievably detached from who I truly was. And I started just going back into that, oh, am I good enough for you if I do this, if I dress this way, if I talk this way, if I, and I lost myself completely and lost my confidence. Right. I just want to stop you there because just, you know, growing up as a performer, going into these environments where you're having to be picked up constantly, you were, you become very self, I imagine self-critical, self-aware, just like self-conscious, conscious of like, am I, am I enough? Am I doing it right? Am I enough of who you want me to be? And did you find that there was like this chameleon sort of identity of like, I'll be whoever you want me to be kind of thing, instead of really sourcing from this is who I am. And this is, I'm going to show up as who I am instead of like, I'll become whatever version you need me to be in order to get or attain X thing. A hundred percent. I was the chameleon. I was an actress. Right. 
that's what I was conditioned to do. I knew nothing. I didn't know what I know now, which is be yourself, your most authentic. Well, what's your most authentic self? I didn't even know what that right. was. You know, like right. I knew nothing about that stuff. I'll I play the like, role. It's just tell me what the role is and I'll become that. Exactly. And so these heavy metal guys would come into the dressing room, like, like Slash, like these big rock stars. And secretly, like, I hope some that metal show fans are listening to this right now. I had no idea who really any of them were, which was actually a benefit for me because I wasn't like starstruck when they right. would come in. I would be like, I just Googled you and found out about you five minutes ago. And now I'm going to play the part of someone that knows everything about, I just, it was faking it, right? Okay, fine. Right. So we have to do that sometimes, especially when you're an actor, you're playing a role. But the crazy part about this was I wasn't playing a role. I was me. I was Jennifer on a talk show, but I was this version of myself. So I had lost myself. And I, I really believe, Tori, that when you become out of alignment in your job like that, a lot of the times it'll seep into your life. And I became totally out of alignment in my life as well, losing my true self. And I was in a toxic relationship. I was in a really deep depression. My eating disorder was like at the, at its, of where like the worst, if you look at pictures of me from that time, you'll see. And within like a week's time, the universe came in and was like, you know what? You're, I, I believe this. I believe that the universe, God, I believe in God. God was looking out for me and like came in and was just like, we need to get you back to you. Did you have a moment? Because what you're describing is the epitome of what you would call it misalignment or out yeah. of being out of alignment. And I, I've experienced this where it's like, I have a life that looks really good on the outside, but it doesn't feel good on the inside. So as you're describing that, was there a moment? And if so, what, can you take us through this where you're like, the role that I'm playing or my life looks a certain way, but I can't go on feeling the way I'm feeling, right? That it doesn't feel the way that it looks to everybody else. And maybe everybody else thinks I'm okay and thinks I should. Because I used to have these moments where it's like, who am I to complain? I'm living this amazing life. I'm living in the penthouse apartment or I'm, I've got this dream job that people would kill for. Am I just, why can't I just be happy? Why can't I just, shouldn't I just be grateful, right? And sometimes we talk ourselves into it. Or we're like, just be happy with what you have because people would kill to be in your position. But what, was there a moment when you're like, actually, it's okay to be honest about this and say, I'm not okay and I'm not happy. And if so, what was, what was that like? So most of the time I had the first thing that you said, like, oh, I, I should be told, I sh was shooting all over myself every day. I should be happy with this. I have this perfect on paper relationship. I live in this beautiful apartment. And I, I knew he was cheating. I knew that it was very bad what was going on behind the scenes. But I was like, turn the other cheek, Jen, turn the other cheek. Like you've got this TV show, just keep going. You can do it. Keep going. Even though there was a, in my gut, deep down, my intuition, you know that Tori, like that voice was saying, this is the hell out. This is not right. Everything about this is wrong. I was like, I would just shut it down and I would just keep going and I would numb out with all the other things. And I would say, nope, it looks perfect on paper. This is exactly what I want. Anyone else would kill for this life. So yes, all of that. But there was a moment and I share this on stage sometimes. Um, the week that it all came crashing down was um, I found out that this boyfriend that I had that I thought I was going to marry, the perfect on paper guy, you know, hedge fund trader, the whole thing. Found out he was cheating on me with our friend. That relationship crumbled in a matter of a couple of days. He was like, you need to get out of the apartment. And my show was canceled. And I basically went from living in this, you know, really beautiful, this gorgeous lifestyle to moving into a tiny little room with a window that faced a brick wall. And I had like six other roommates in, in that apartment. 
And I had lost it all basically in, in, in a week's time. And keep in mind where my mindset was. I was like, who is Jet? I don't even know who I am. Like I, I spent so much time being this version of myself that couldn't have been further from who I was. And, and I had to start my life over and I had no idea how. But I posted a photo on Instagram during that week at some point in time of a photo shoot that I was doing. And the caption was like, no place I'd rather be like so glamorous. Like I'm so happy doing this photo shoot in like this rocker outfit. But I was hiding my face in all the photos. I had like my hair in front of my face. And it was because like the night before the photo shoot, I was on the bathroom floor crying and my face was so puffy and my whole world was crumbling. But I was posting that everything was great. So I was looking at this and I was like, I am just a And it wasn't an overnight thing, Tori. I wish I could tell you that like I moved into that apartment. I looked at the brick wall, at the window of the brick wall and was like, oh, I know exactly what I need to do. I'm going to turn my life around. No, I, I looked out the window and I remember thinking, okay, one day I'll know why this happened right now. And I would just say, one day I'll know why this happened. One day I'll know why this happened. One day I'll know why this happened. And now like, it's so cool. Like this goes back to the dots always connect. There's always a reason. It may not happen that year. It may not happen that week, that month, whatever it may have. Who knows when it'll happen. But one day you'll see why the biggest, biggest breakdowns are really a breakthrough or why the shit has to happen for the shift to happen. And that was a moment. And that was the moment when I had to build up my confidence from square one and build up a different type of confidence because I was very confident being an actress, being a character, playing a role, fitting in, being a chameleon, being the person people wanted me to be. But when it came to actually being me and speaking on stage as me and not saying someone else's lines, taking down the mask, I was petrified and I had to build confidence from the ground up. And I can tell everybody here how that's done. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to set the stage for that because there's this period of time that I've experienced and everyone who I know who's extremely successful has this in common <laughs> typically, which is there's a, a point in time where you sort of burn it all down to build it back, right? Especially if you have some uh, achieve some level of outward success that doesn't feel in alignment with who you truly are. There's, if you come into this awareness, there's a period where you're like, okay, I'm going to let all these things die off and die away so that I can grow. And it, when I think about it, I think about it in terms of an, an analogy. Anytime when my life has like either forced me into a rock bottom or I have felt life asking me to expand and to grow it's because the environment that I'm in, I've either outgrown or, and I think about it in terms like a plant, right? Like if you're in a pot and you've outgrown the pot, you need to get out of the environment and be planted somewhere else, either in a bigger pot or put it in the ground. But that process can be really hard because there's a dying off or a cutting away of all the dead things. And it can feel like, and these are the things you've attached your identity to. Like, who am I without them? Who am I without the, the label? Who am I without the relationship? Who am I without the job? Who am I without this facade, this identity? But it's in asking, being willing to ask that question that we can come to the truth and remember who we are. Because I think we also talk a lot about finding our true selves, but a, a lot of it is about remembering who we were before we learned who we needed to be be loved or to be accepted. And so I want to set that as the stage for people because it's like 
you go into the darkness. When you get planted, <laughs> you get planted in the darkness. And you often see people like, you know, us up here on the stage or like listening to us, you see like the blossom, you see the flower, you see the success, you see that piece, but you didn't see was the time that it took to germinate and to root and to grow and to come into full form. And so for you, when you're looking outside your window and you're seeing a brick wall, when you're sitting in a tiny ass apartment alone and you're like, what is my life? How did I get here? Those are real ass conversations that you're having with yourself. Like, and I want people to feel that. I want us to feel that because that is a period of time where in the midst of it, it feels like you're never going to get to love yourself. How am I, am I going to be okay? Like, am I going to feel happy again? <laughs> that was a legitimate question that I would ask myself all the time. I even, and I'll be totally honest with you. There were so many days during that time where I was like, I need to just call my ex-boyfriend up and forgive him and go back to him. Because who am I without this life? There were so many times that I almost did it. But there was like a little voice in me that was like, you can't do this. And, and that's why I, now my, my whole mantra, my husband and I, we always use this. You don't have to believe 100% in anything to go for it or to take action. You just have to believe a little bit. 51%, 51, just a little bit. Because there was a part of me that was like, I would, you know, drunk dial him, right? Or yeah. like, right, you know what I mean? Like, no, just go back to him. Go back to him because go get your life back. What did you do? Like you ruined your whole life, right? Because I couldn't see the other side. I couldn't see it. I was in that middle. I was in that pain and I didn't want to sit in that pain. I was like, make it go away, make it better. I'll just go fix it and I'll deal with it on the other side. But then that 51% of me was like, you're made for more, Jen. Like, and I want everyone that's listening to really tap into that voice because we all have that voice. If you're listening to a podcast like this, you have that voice. There is a voice in you that said, put on the podcast today. And that's exactly what I started to do. I just started to step outside and expand and try to learn more about myself. I didn't know anything about personal development at that time. Nothing. My mom, when I was at my darkest of dark days, she came into the city, my mom, and she liked to save the day as moms do. And we sat at this Italian restaurant and I'm crying hysterically over my like grilled shrimp salad. I remember I'm sitting there and like there's tears like all over my salad. I couldn't even eat it. And I'm just oh. I, like thinking go back to him. I don't know what I did with my life. And the, the check comes. My mom pulled out a book instead of her wallet. And she slides this book over to me. I look at the, the book and it's You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And I was not into personal development at that time. I was like, and my mom was. So I was like, you can heal your life. Come on. So I take the book and I put it in my back. I'm like, whatever, mom. Okay, thanks. And I go home and my mom knew I wasn't going to read the book. So what she did was very, she photocopied one of the affirmations and she put it in the inside of the book. And on the back of the, the affirmation, she wrote, Jenny, I hope you find yourself. And I look at this affirmation and I read it. And I said, okay. I'm not going to read this book, but I'm going to put this affirmation on the refrigerator and I'm just going to read it. Maybe there's something to this. I'm just going to read this stupid thing every day. I, I don't even know if I believe it. I don't care. I've got nothing to lose. I'll just read it. I didn't even tell my mom I was going to do it. I didn't even want to give her that, like that I was <laughs> going to read it. Right? And so that was the first thing I did. And I just started reading this affirmation every day. And that got my 51% of belief 
you over up to 54. Maybe that led me to Barnes and Noble to sit on the floor and start reading books by people that we admire and start exploring who am I and what do I really want? It, it got me out the door. It wasn't the aha. There wasn't a burning bush moment. I wish there was where it was like, you know, change your life and create something new and help people. It was one action step at a time. It was doing one little thing that stretched me to maybe think differently or go take a different action or get me outside the house or get me to go connect with someone or get me to an event with people that are into this stuff. And what's really crazy is full circle moment here. We can go backwards again, but I need to share this full circle moment with you while we're on the Louise. Hey, thing. That book changed my life, essentially, was one of the things because it was like the first step. You know, my book's coming out in October and Hay House, which is Louise Hayes publishing my book. And I got to tell them that story when I had my first call with them. And they were like, I just felt like it was such a, you don't know why in the moment, but when you connect the dots looking backwards, always makes sense. How appropriate and fitting for for your book and what you're going to end up sharing, which will then continue the cycle of what you give in the world you end up receiving and vice versa. It's just like, that's, that's how um, you received that little bit of confidence that tipped you over the edge to not continue to self-sabotage and not continue to do the things you'd always done. Cause it was part of you that said, if I want something different, I got to do something different. And it's so tempting in those moments where you're vulnerable and you're feeling weak and you're like, it's easy to go back. It's easy to just make that phone call. It's easy to choose the easy path. But if you want uncommon success, if you want an uncommon relationship, if you want not to be a stigma and not to be a statistic, then you got to do what most people don't or aren't willing to do, which is to sit in the uncomfortable feelings, which is to be honest with yourself, which is to wrestle with those questions. And one of the things that you really embody and you practice is the discipline of intentionally getting uncomfortable. Because our attachment to what's comfortable and what's familiar (laughs) keeps us where we are. How much does practicing getting uncomfortable a role in your life? What does that role, how does that influence your, your success? And what does that just practically look like? How did you get into the mindset of actually doing something uncomfortable, doing something scary benefits me instead of it's going to kill me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what is that? Because that's a mindset shift of just saying like, actually, I'm going to go pursue the things that scare me and the, pursue the things that are I'm being asked to do that are uncomfortable and are hard. And that's going to, that shifts from instead of I'm going to run from those things and I'm going to avoid those things. When did that shift for you? Shift for you? And what does that practically look like in your life? So I had to learn over, I, I always like to be comfortable. I never, ever liked to don't we l- like normal people, but I wouldn't purposely make myself uncomfortable ever. Forget that. Uh, when I when my back was against the wall and I was staring at that, at that brick wall and I was having to figure out what I wanted to do, one of the, the thing that I ended up doing was I wanted to become a personal trainer. And many people don't know this about my journey, but I think this is where I really learned discipline. 
because my back was against the wall and I had no choice. I needed to find a way to make money while I was auditioning before I got another job. I didn't want to be a babysitter and I didn't want to be a waitress. Like I wanted to do something that actually made me feel good about myself. And I really liked exercising and I really liked helping people. I was like, this would be a great job for me. So there was a lot of discomfort that came with creating that life for myself including getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go to the gym, including they, before I could become a trainer, they made me clean the gym all day before I could actually take clients. They, so I had to, I went from being like this, like actress with this rich boyfriend that really didn't have to do that much and was always very comfortable and to literally being at the gym from, you know, 5.30 in the morning to eight o'clock at night, picking up weights, putting them away. But I, I learned over time from experiencing that discomfort, probably because I had to, because I had no other choice at that time and getting to the other side of that discomfort and seeing that that was what was making me successful. And that's what was making my life better to understand that. So I wasn't able to just say words to myself or listen to a podcast or read a book and understand that concept. I had to actually implement it to retrain my mind and retrain, most importantly, my subconscious to understand that when you put in hard work and you are able to be uncomfortable And you can understand that when you get to the other side and you get in your bed, that that discomfort is only temporary and time never stops. But every time you do it, you get better. That's from repetition. That's from consistently sticking with those commitments you make with yourself. That's from developing self-trust. And confidence is self-trust. That's all it is. And if you're somebody that kind of just is on the hamster wheel and always staying in their comfort zone and not really growing and kind of always staying at that level good, it's probably because you haven't developed that trust in yourself that you can do hard things. And the only way to be able to do that is to do hard things and to understand and know that you always have everything that you need to take care of yourself. But we only gain that self-trust by experiencing it. So I started doing things I didn't want to do. And then I got to a level where I, oh my God, I'm a trainer now. I have this great job and I've got all these clients. Oh my God, amazing. And then I would keep pushing it because I'm like, well, if I could do this, what else could I do? And the business grew and the business grew and the business grew. And then eventually, you know, step by step by step, it took me from that to mindset training to, you know, having online coaching programs, all the things that I did and then partnering with my husband and creating the company we have now. But now you said I purposely put myself in uncomfortable situations regularly. I do. I do it purposely and I do it not on purpose because just in the life that we live, we do uncomfortable shit all the time. Um, But I do that to consistently build more confidence over time. So things that I used to really hate doing, going live on social media, that was unbelievably uncomfortable. Speaking on stage as me, as Jen, and not as a performer or an actress wearing a mask and saying somebody else's lines, unbelievably scary for me. But every single time I went and I did those things with fear on my back or fear in my pocket or fear like right alongside me in the passenger seat of my car, just screaming stuff at me, like you're not good enough, but doing it anyway and getting to the other side and realizing, God, okay, I didn't die. That wasn't that bad. Wow. And being in bed that night and being like, wow, I did that. And now I'm in bed. Holy crap. Like time doesn't stop. We're not in that discomfort forever. Every time I did that, I got more confident. So confidence comes from consistently doing uncomfortable things. I want to give a quick shout out to our partner, Athletic Greens. The Coachable Podcast is all about the game of life and learning how to play it. And what I've realized is that all great players have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. And a huge part of that is optimizing whole body health. For those of you who don't know, AG1 is a foundational nutritional drink that I started taking earlier this year as a way to spice up my supplement routine, double down on my athletic progress, and optimize my overall health. 
It's become an integral part of my daily morning ritual because with each serving of AG1, I get 75 high quality ingredients that give me daily nutrients and long-term gut health support. Since starting to take it in the mornings, I've realized how much more energy I have. I used to need two to three cups of coffee to get going, but AG1 gives me a great morning boost and it's a powerful micro habit that delivers macro benefits all day long. So if you want to level up your game and take care of your health like me, you definitely want to try out AG1 by Athletic Greens for yourself. If you do, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go over to athleticgreens.com coachable. That's athleticgreens.com coachable. Check them out today. And I do you think that there's a correlation? Because I, I think this, I think this is why being coachable is one of the most overlooked, underappreciated skills that we can learn. It's just being willing to learn how to do things better. But that also requires you to be willing to be a beginner, to willing to be a student. And nobody likes to not know how to do things or to be, no one likes being bad at something, right? Yeah. And when you're doing something you've never done before, no one's going to expect you to be good at it out of the gate. Like it's, you don't run before you learn to walk. And when you learn to walk, you look silly doing it because you've never done it before. But I think we have such a level of self-judgment and we assume everyone else is judging us as harshly as we're judging ourselves. Yes. So I think it's actually Marianne Williamson. I can't remember who it is, um, who says something around along the lines of like, we assume that everyone else is judgmental as we are. Yeah, no one's judging us. Everyone's just worried about themselves. That's, that's it. Everyone's focused on themselves. That's it. They're not worried about you. And they're not really paying as close attention, attention as, as, you think. as we think that they are. That's a relief to me. It's, it's such a relief. And it's proven time and time again to me when people that I think see everything that I do and then I bump into them and they're like, oh, what are you up to? I had no idea you were doing that. I'm like, I just posted about that. How do you not know? Isn't everybody paying, paying attention, attention to me? To me? Doesn't no. everyone care? They see some things, but most of the time people are just actually reacting and having a reaction in what they need in that moment. Mm-hmm. So somebody could see the exact same piece of content or listen to the exact same podcast episode two, three times and get a completely mm-hmm. different perspective from that podcast each time and need it again each time. So that's why whenever I teach people to for content creation and repurposing. I'm like, post the same thing over and over and over again. Sometimes people need to see it three, four times in three or four different ways in order for it to resonate yep. because they're in their own head. Everybody's living their own life in their own world. They're not judging you. Mm-hmm. Also, it's so important. I forget this all the time to remember that everyone started at square one. You started at your first podcast ever. You did. Yeah. You could probably scroll back and listen to your first podcast. Cringy. Right. So- exactly. But- at the same time, it was like, I was doing the best I could with what I had in the moment. And I'm proud. I look back on those and I'm like, I'm proud of it because at least I went for it. I did it and look, and I, I built along the way and I learned something new and I adapted. So as much as it's like, oh, that version of me is, you know, I like look back with compassion for her and like, but also laugh at myself. But it, I went for it. Yeah. And here's the thing. People probably scroll back and listen to that and think it's absolutely amazing, first of all. They probably think there's nothing wrong with it. Like yeah. it's mind-blowing and incredible because you you obviously were successful. So somebody liked that podcast. And then also when we are just real and imperfect and ourselves, and even I've done this, like bring people along the journey. Like this is my first time doing this. Oh my God, I'm live for the first time on social media. This is my first podcast ever. I, I don't really know what I'm doing. People are like, oh, that's a relief. What a relief. 
What a relief. Because no one likes looking at perfect people that have it all together. That just makes people feel like, oh my God, I could never be that way. But people like to connect, can relate to. And most people behind the scenes, it's not a highlight reel. It's not. It's, it's real life. I mean, I was watching you this morning, get ready. Uh, it was a mess this morning. <laughs> and you it were like, I can't get good lighting. She was, she was like going live on social media, which she does consistently almost like every single day okay. and gets ready and talks to people and answers people's questions. So if you don't follow Jen, you need to follow her on social media and we're going to make that super easy for you guys. Um, but it's real. It's like, this is my process. And you're like, I got to find the lighting. It's not perfect. It's real life. And I agree with you. I think people, I would rather follow somebody who doesn't have to all, it all together, that's figuring it out, that's learning and taking me along for that journey, as opposed to someone who's pretending and faking it and looks a certain way. But then when I get up close, it's like, oh, all of this, is, this isn't real. It's, it's so, for me, like, it's just boring. If you think about interesting movies and things that we like to consume, interesting books, they always have characters that are unbelievably like flawed, raw, real, because that's how we are. And so if you're someone that, I mean, there's a lot of different types of people in the world. There's people that, that are actors in big mega movies, right? And like, they have a totally different thing going on. And I still think that they should be real and really connect with their, with their followers and people and their fans and everything like that. But like, if you're trying to be an or someone that is quote unquote an influencer or teach people or coach people or make an impact. I do feel like it is your responsibility to be yourself because that helps give permission to be themselves and to really listen. And it's very, very difficult to connect with people if you are just putting on a show. And the other thing that happens when you put on a show, because I know because I've been there and you pretend to be somebody that you're not, you create an audience of people that think that you're somebody that you're not. So then you wake up a year later and you're like, these people don't even know who I am. And that's a lot of work to then explain to them who I really am. And then you have these people that are like, oh, but I followed you because I thought you were this way. And so that's the fastest way to get yourself out of alignment and to build a business or a brand or uh, a platform that you absolutely hate. Like, oh God, this isn't me. And that takes so much energy to keep up every day. Mm -hmm. It really does. It's exhausting to be anybody's by yourself. Yes. It really is. And when you are yourself, you get energy instead of it, like it, it, you absorb and take on and are like can give more because you're giving from a infinite place mm-hmm. as opposed to a finite place because it's a, it's a show. Yeah. You know, I know you're working on a book right now. Can you give us a little sneak peek? What are you, what are you writing about? What's, what's on your heart? What's the, what's the message that you want to share with people? I want to tell my title of the book. I've never announced it. Oh, snap. I haven't told anybody. Oh. You heard oh. it here. You heard it here first. I, and I don't know when this is launching. Okay. You don't have to tell. All right. I don't know. I don't even know if pre-orders will be available, okay. but I will share the title of my, my book on your podcast. I Just to honor, to hear it. honor the first time first. In, in, this beautiful, in this beautiful studio. So my book is called Be Seen. Mm-hmm. Find your voice, build your brand, live your dream. And it is a, it's a book that's half personal development, half personal growth, but then also half business strategy. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching through my stories on how to be courageous, how to create confidence and how to be creative, create the life that you want. Hi. <laughs> got so much confidence. I love it. Very confident. <laughs> Perfect example. Yeah. Uh, how to be connected and build a community that is in alignment with who you really are and loves you for who you are and screams all of your stuff from the rooftops and then how to be seen. 
and how to create your message that's authentic to you and how to build a brand that really represents who you are so you can make an impact. And so it's, it's my stories, it's my strategies all tied into one to teach you how to... How to that's, I love it. Tori, I, love I haven't it. talked about it yet. This is so exciting. It's so exciting. And thank you for sharing that here and, and giving us kind of an idea of what you're working on. Because I think just that concept alone, being seen can evoke so many different emotions. In people. It can, when I hear you say that, I hear um, these different versions of me. And what that would have, what that would have evoked for me in different aspects, like points in my life. Um, and I would, I imagine, you know, other people might be thinking, um, when I hear it now, when I hear be seen, what I feel that that is an invitation into is true intimacy. Into me, you see. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I don't think, and what you said, it, it's an invitation for connection. Because I can't connect with you if I, if I can't. It, that requires presence and it requires vulnerability and it requires sincerity and vulnerability. Yeah. Because I'm allowing you uh, to access and see into who I am. And that's in, there's risk built into that. But it also allows me not just to be um, liked for who I, it's like this exchange for I'm going to give up being liked in order to be really loved for who I am. That's so good. Yes, 100%. I mean, the power of being seen, and I love that you said that it is connection. Being seen allows you to truly connect. Mm -hmm. And if, if I didn't step onto that stage and make myself visible on that day, with all the, there's only men on that stage. I was the only woman and I yep. had severe imposter syndrome and I was scared and I didn't want to step on that stage and be me. And there was, and I made that intention. I was like, I'm just talking to that one girl, whoever she is, I'm talking to her and I'm going to be me and I'm just going to shine and I'm going to be so Jen, right? Because nobody there was really like that. For me to be me on that stage mm -hmm. would, is very different than mm -hmm. most of the speakers. And a lot of the time that happens to me and I always have to check back in and be like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be so me and I'm going to be seen because there's one person here that needs me to be visible. Mm -hmm. Because visibility really is your responsibility. Yeah. And not just being visible and being a show, but being visible for who you truly are because you never know who you're helping. And if you're not showing up, there's somebody out there that's going to go get the help from somebody else that's not as good and doesn't care as much because you're not being visible. Mm -hmm. And so like we wouldn't be here right now if lots of different people didn't make themselves. Yeah. And somebody that's listening to this podcast right now because you decided to make yourself visible and build this podcast and build this platform and really be who you truly are and be so intentional around connecting with your audience and getting really real and opening your heart and being so generous with that. There's lots of, I don't know what your downloads are, probably millions, millions of people that are getting helped by you right now. And if you didn't do that, they would be, who knows, they, maybe they wouldn't get something that they needed. Yeah. Well, I think back to the person you know, that inspired me to start this show. And it was somebody shared an episode like this. Was like, hey, listen to this. I listened to it. That was the catalyst for so much of my internal self-reflection. And then I just started to listen. I ended up working with that person, hiring that person, going on retreats with that person. It was a snowball and it changed my life. Somebody, you know, 
sent me a podcast episode and what I didn't realize it was an inv- invitation into a whole new life. Yes. <laughs> and it, that's what this can do. These, that's why this conversation, that's why this show exists because I am the beneficiary of a life and a platform that only exists because someone else was willing to be seen and to share their story. And so that's the power of, of what you're sharing with people. And I love that. I want to ask you before we sort of start to wrap this up is like, what do you think gets in the way of people allowing themselves to be seen? Caring what other people think. That's the number one reason. You don't not know how to do it. You don't not have the equipment because everybody has it in their pocket now, right? The most high-tech quality equipment lives in your pocket. Okay, so you have the technology, you have the know-how, you can YouTube, you can Google, you can listen to a podcast, you can figure out how to do it. There is no excuses when it comes to knowing how to do it. The only thing that's standing in your way from fully being visible and fully showing up is always, and I will like die on this hill, it is being scared that other people will judge you and being scared of what other people will think of your face, of your voice, of the way you look, of the way you talk, of your, your, the way that you think about things. If it's not good enough, if you're really imposter syndrome, like, oh, I'm not good enough to talk about that yet. My website's not perfect. This, it's always fear. And fear comes in many, many forms. So on, in my book, I talk about the six symptoms of fear. And sometimes fear is, it disguises itself and it disguises itself as imperfectionism, imposter syndrome, analysis paralysis, like having too many options, so you're just not going to do anything, right? Fear's job is to keep us the same. Mm-hmm. So if we fear that someone's going to judge us, fear is going to come in and be like, you know what? You can't post that or talk about that yet because it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. So you'll be like, oh, it's not perfect yet. I'll wait till tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you don't do it. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. When, when you love yourself as much as you care what other people think, and you take all of that energy that you spend caring about what other people think, and you just put it on loving yourself and loving your mission and truly caring about helping other people, your life will change. You'll be seen. This is not really about us and the way we look. Our mission's so much bigger than that. And so the way that I get over my fear of what other people think of me, because I'm a human, and of course I care what other people think of me sometimes, and I don't want to post something or I'm scared as, oh, they're going to judge me or whatever. I'm a person. I just, I catch myself and I'm like, all right, don't think about me. Think about the girl on the other side of this. Think about the guy on the other side that needed this today. Help one person every day. That's what we always say at Superconnector Media, H-O-P-E. You can focus on helping one person every single day. It takes the attention off of you, what you look like, what you sound like, the ego part that's like, oh, I care so much. And it puts the focus on the other person and just providing value for them. Yeah. And I want to just, normalize and humanize this is it's okay to want to like I want to be liked I want you to like the show I want you to think this is cool we've spent a lot of time on this <laughs> my team and I've put a lot of work into this I want you to like it it's okay if you don't yes it's totally okay the people that will like it that's who it's meant for, right and I, I I also think about this a lot is like if someone's when I first started my podcast, I put it out. The first place I put it was LinkedIn of all places. Really? Yeah. And I was still in corporate and had a full-time job. And um, my first episode in 2019 was all about my, my story. It was very, very personal, very vulnerable. And my boss hit me up and she's like, she wanted to schedule a call with me. And she invited her boss to be on this call. And so I get on the call, it's these two women, my boss and 
her hers. And the first things that come out of their mouth is, I'm disappointed. I saw you start a podcast and I'm disappointed. And me thinking, I'm doing something I'm so proud of. I'm yeah. excited to put this out there. That was the response that I got immediately from the people very close to me. And it was, what are you doing? This looks like it takes a lot of time and effort. How do we know you're not spending this time that you should be doing on our stuff, our work? We want you focused here. Um, it was a, you know, response of who do you think you are? And you shouldn't be spending your time doing anything other than what we want you, we think is important. And it, instead of shutting me down and feeling rejected and feeling, I felt misunderstood, but that lit a fire in my ass. And I was like, um, first of all, you didn't, you didn't, you, you missed the whole point. You didn't listen to the, the show. You don't know what it's about. And this was me putting my heart on a platter and allowing myself to be seen for the first time. And so I want to normalize it for people. It wasn't all received well. It was like, who do you think you are? And what I had decided, though, was this is who I want to be. And I don't care really what you say about it. I realized I've gotten off the fence that I was straddling, deciding if I want to be in, play in that field or go play in a different field. And that response just helped me make that decision. Oh, yeah. And so actually, I'm like, when people, if it's okay to feel misunderstood sometimes. Not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody's going to understand the mission that you're on or why you're making the choices you're making or maybe you're outgrowing friendships or whatever. But, and that's that cutting away that can be painful. But what I've realized is when people start talking, that means you're doing something. Oh, yeah. And if they're not talking, you're likely not doing that much, you know? A hundred percent. And uh, there's nobody on the internet that's happier than you that's going to take time to say mean comments on any of your posts or your podcasts or anything. Think about it. So true. Somebody that's happier than you or more successful in life thinking like maybe there's people that are financially more successful that are just really unhappy and then they're going to take time to go say mean things about you. But somebody that's activated by your content or something that you're doing and they take the time to write something mean or say something mean to you, it's only the way that they're feeling. Hurt people hurt people. So what I do when somebody doesn't like something is I say, thank you. Thank you. Because for every single person that I piss off or that I push away, I'm inviting space for somebody that is a, that does like it. Yep. And as much as I want to attract the people that do like it and are into it, I, I really want to deflect the people that aren't, mm-hmm. that aren't for me. Because that just creates more space for the people that do. And if I'm not being seen enough, or take that back, if I'm not pissing people off enough <laughs> or you know, activating people enough, then I'm not being seen enough. Mm-hmm. Because you can't make everybody happy. I gave up. I gave up that uh, that pursuit. It was an exhausting one. Oh yeah. Sure. I I didn't know that story. That's a great story. Yeah. Wait, did you quit the job? Quit the job immediately on that call. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very quickly quit that job, and I had a ha- I mean, I was living a life that looked really good, didn't feel good. Had a house, put it up for sale. You know, in the next like week or two, it was like I got off the fence. I made a decision, and I'm going to go for this. I'm going to give myself every opportunity. And worst case scenario have to go get another job. If it doesn't work out, worst case scenario, I'll go back and get another job. But look, about three and a half years later, 
I, I didn't go back and get another job. I'm doing this and it feels really good. And I'm really proud of, of, of the work that, that I've been able to put in and the results I've been able to create for myself, but it didn't come and still doesn't come without people misunderstanding me, not understanding why I do it, thinking it's woo woo, thinking it's, you, you know, just like I'm selling bullshit, which I'm not selling anything. Actually, that's the funny thing. <laughs> There's nothing for sale here. It's just if something resonates, take it. If it doesn't leave the rest, that's what I say. Like truth is the highest vibration. If there's something that you or I say that lands in someone's heart, in someone's heart and resonates as truth, amazing. I've done my job. And if it doesn't, that's cool too. That's totally okay. It's not for everybody. It's not meant to be. But the people that need it, I know, will receive it. And that's why we keep doing this. And so I'm just so grateful for you. I feel like you're a sister. I feel like you're somebody I can that gets me and sees me. And understands. Well, you're a girl after my own heart because you, because of the the fact that you just said, I made a decision. I got off the fence. Mm -hmm. I think something that holds a lot of people back. And again, like, I also love that you said, like, take it or leave it. This is my truth. Like, also, I I always say this on my Instagram lives. Anything that I say is simply my truth. You can take it or you can leave it. I'm not giving anybody advice for telling them what they should do. I'm just giving my experience. But in my experience, people that stay on the fence or when I've stayed on the fence in my life and not made a decision, I'm just inviting more indecision into my life. You're just inviting more stuckness into your life. And the fact that you made a decision in that moment and you're like, you know what? Maybe I won't get the outcome that I want, but what's the worst case scenario? Then I'll just figure it out, right? But you made a decision Mm -hmm. and you made a decision fast. And that comes from such an empowered place and such a place of bravery. And this circles back to confidence, right? We talked about confidence is self-trust. It's from doing the hard thing and realizing that you can and building that self-trust and that building up that confidence bank and you making that decision in that moment and saying to them, you know what, F you, screw you. You don't get it. I'm doing this. I'm making the decision. I've been on the fence for too long. Let's go all in. When you made that decision and you, and you did it one step at a time, you proved to yourself that you've always got your own back. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the biggest moments where you probably developed a lot of your confidence. 100%. You took the power back in that moment. I remember being so invigorated after I got off that call and so fired up when I sent in that resignation letter. I had a moment of fear. Immediately, it was yeah. like, what did I do? Did I just fuck up my life? Oh, shit. And then as soon as I felt that and let that pass, I was like, let's go. I literally could have run around I could have done a marathon. I was so fired up on life. I was like, I just did something most people will never have the courage to do. And I want, since then, I've been chasing that feeling of how can I continue to do things that only about 1% are willing to do. You know what I mean? And that has required me to continue to say yes to things that I feel ill-equipped for, unprepared for, and completely uncertain about. But that's become my new comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. And that's why you you get me because you live in that space. All the time. If I'm not in that space, I feel weird. Yeah. I'm like, oh wait, this is this is actually uncomfortable. I'm I'm comfortable right now. That doesn't feel right. And that's when I actually lose flow and get stuck. I get the most sad or depressed when I'm not stretching the comfort zone, when I'm not feeling like, ooh, this is scary. I don't know if I can do it. Like I just said yes to something and I have absolutely no clue how I'm going to show up for it. That's the stuff that's constantly moving us forward. If we're not growing, then we're dying. What is it? Well, for me, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, how can I make myself uncomfortable today and do something that makes me feel proud? Because my goal, my definition of success for myself is when I put my head down on the pillow at night 
I just take a moment and I ask myself, did I lay it all on the field today? Did I take the gift that God's given me of this day and did I, did I use it? Am I proud of myself? And just one day, just each day, just in that day. And so throughout the day, I just set my commitments and I stick to them. And then if I've stuck to those commitments, even if they're small, even if they're not a huge thing, like coming here and doing this podcast, maybe it's just like my commitment is I'm going to do an ice bath today, or that's still big. My commitment is I'm going to do my Instagram live today. Okay. I don't want to, it doesn't feel right today. I've got a big zit on my chin and I really don't want to be on camera, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that's my commitment. And then when I get in bed, I'm like, oh, I stuck to my commitment. I did it. Good job, Jenny. You did your thing. But when I lay down in my bed at night and I'm like, did I stick to my commitments? And I say, oh no, I kind of just like called it in today. I don't want those days. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps me going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's just create more days where we leave it all out on the field and we get in the game as opposed to just like sitting on the sidelines or building, you know, that's what this is about. So as you can see, you know why Jen is so loved, why she's got such an incredible fan base on social media, which I know will only continue to grow because as they see you be your authentic self, it gives permission to them to do the same thing. How can people find you online? How can they stay connected with you? and um, what you're doing. And is there anything you want people to know about you or what you're working on before we wrap it up today? Well, first of all, I could talk to you all day. I know, this could go on. This could on. go on this... for three more hours because we're, we're just being us. So it's not exhausting. See, it's a perfect, like yes. exactly what we were talking about. Uh, so thank you for having me. That's number one. You're a magical sister, whatever you need. I've got your back always. <laughs> Um, so you can find me on Instagram. That's like the place to be just, I'm everywhere, but go there. And if you DM me, it's legitimately me. It's not my team. I am there. I want to communicate with my people and everybody. And so, uh, at Jen underscore Gottlieb, you'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. I announced my book for the first time on your show. So I've got oh, a yeah. book coming out, uh, in October. So it's called Be Seen and it'll be available for pre-order probably in May, but just put it on your calendar. Mm -hmm. Uh, that is going to be... That's, that's my thing. That's what I'm working on. And I'm so unbelievably excited about it. So thank you for giving me the platform to be able to, I was, did not plan on that. I'm Say the title for the first time ever. Yeah, that's so huge. And I know it's such a big undertaking and it's not a, it's not something I've done yet. I know it's like in my, on my journey, it's definitely a, um, on the roadmap, but I, I've heard it takes so much of you to like put that, put a book out in the world. So I, sending you all of my love and all of my support and all of my um, just encouragement as you finish that process because I know it's like your baby you know what I mean thank you I'll and receive that yeah yeah, yeah. so exciting yeah well you guys please go over connect with Jen stay connected with her she really is everywhere I see your stuff all the time and I love it and she's probably on a stage if you're going to personal development conference. She'll probably, she'll probably be <laughs> showing up somewhere. I'm just being seen. That's, yeah. that's the name of the game. And if you want to learn how to do that, not just in her upcoming book, but in her content um, and on where she speaks on stages, this is the kind of stuff you're going to get from her. I mean, it's the real deal. She's not sugarcoating it. It's not all the glam. Yes, she's glam, but she also shows you the behind the scenes of what it's really going to take to get you to your next level. So go, go, become part of her community. I couldn't give you someone else better to do that, to this going to really help you up, up level your game in life. So thank you. Thank you for being here. I love you. You're welcome back anytime. Anytime you're in Vegas. I love you. Gotta come over. Of course. And please do yourself a favor. Be of service to somebody. Be a hero in somebody's life. Share this with a friend. 
subscribe to us on YouTube. If that's where you listen, if you want to watch us, but we're also on Apple, Spotify, leave us a rating, a review, and share this with somebody who you think could benefit from it. It's the best way you can say thank you. And uh, just go out there this week, be coachable, be willing to be a beginner, a student, fumble through the process. You will only get better, my friends. Until next week, see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League Podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.